Well, howdy, folks. Welcome to Michael Perry's voicemail, episode number 66. Out the window of my little room above the garage, I can see the world from about the same height as the bachelor Harley Jackson did when he went out to the overpass in my novel, The Jesus Cow. And there's a reason I thought of that scene today, and I'm going to tell you about it. But first, I'll read the excerpt in question. If if you read The Jesus Cow, you know it's a humorous novel. It's about a f- bachelor farmer who had a cow, and that cow had a calf on Christmas Eve, and the spots on the side of that calf could be construed to have been the face of Christ. And at first, he tried to hide it. Then he tried to make some money off it, and uh, The Jesus Cow novel follows what happened when he made those decisions. He's also dating a woman named Mindy. So I'm going to go ahead and read that and uh, that passage and then talk a little bit about why I chose that passage. So he's out there on the overpass in the middle of the night. Tonight, as he placed his forearms on the bridge rail and leaned out over the forelane, the moon was coming up full. As another set of taillights slid away beneath him in the dark, Harley knew part of the attraction of this spot was the implication that he could always catch that southbound lane, push the foot feed to the floor, drive off into the night, and just keep driving. He glanced back over toward his farm and saw the security light glow, and above it all the scrolling, pixelated steer chasing its own message, See the Jesus Cow. Suddenly the southbound lane seemed more attractive than ever. But of course he couldn't go. You can't just quit, son, said his friend Billy, when Harley had broached the idea once before. Look at all the people you're employing. Look at all the miles you're feeding and recharging the government coffers for which we the taxpayers and we on some form of the dole thank you. But I, you're also helping a lot of those people believe. Might not be for us, but for many of those people, you've brought great peace, great hope. Yeah, but I, 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 said Billy, shaking his head. Let me put it another way. You ain't the only one bleeding here. Are you quoting Waylon Jennings again? Nah, Ray Wiley Hubbard, my sort of prophet. And then there was Harley's girlfriend, Mindy. They'd had a good stretch lately, but he'd still get in those funks, and no woman should ever have to put up with a self-pitying infant of that order. And that damned crack he made about her wanting him for his money. He worried what kind of rotten little seed that might have planted. He moved closer to the railing, leaned over just enough to catch the vertiginous zing in his gut. Then it faded, and he stared off toward the rising moon, tan and brown and looking as if it had been dunked in tea. He was recalling a line from a poem now. Or it might have been some gospel blues song. He couldn't recall the source. Something from back in his college days. But in his head it was the voice of a strapping, strong woman. And in the line, or the fragment of the line, it went, You ain't prayed in so long. You ain't prayed in so long. He said it aloud, softly and to himself. There was another line that came on the heels of that one, but he couldn't recall it. He looked over the railing again. There was the desire to fling himself over, that barely repressible urge. He quailed at the idea of his body going smack, 
but the image he received of his easy double gainer through the silent air was beautiful and calming. He wondered how amazed folks might be, having watched his stolid movement through life thus far, to know how close to the edge he sometimes ran. You ain't prayed in so long. Once. Twice. Three times, he said it. Then he went silent and let it echo in his head. You ain't prayed in so long. Now it was the strapping, strong woman again. Her tone was gentle, but bore reproach. She spoke gravely and with disappointment. You ain't prayed in so long. Soft, like she was shaking her head. You, you ain't prayed in so long. And then the next line came to him. Why bother with fancy now? She sounded stronger on that one. So if you go to the credits section of the Jesus Cow, you'll find that those lines Harley was remembering weren't by a blues singer, they were by a poet. And they were excerpted from the poem on listening to the two-headed lady blow her horn from the Gospel of Barbecue. That's the title of the book. By Honoré Fano and Jeffers. I met, and I'm warning you, I'm going to ramble now some, but I met Honoré, Miss Honoré, sometime back in, I'm going to say 2005 or six or four, shortly after Population 485 came out. And we were at a pretty high-toned literary event, one of the more high-toned events I've ever been invited to. I was never invited back. I'm sure that's just a coincidence. And it was one of those experiences where it was half wonderful and half clarifying in a not-so-wonderful way. And the wonderful part was I was just, man, I was surrounded by people of such prodigious literary talent. There were readings every day of poetry and novels and nonfiction and essays. And, man, it was it was like baseball fantasy camp only with words and uh, at the time of my life in that respect. It was also, and I'm not going to go too deep into this, but it was also one of those times, um, and my gratitude, by the way, completely outweighs this next comment, but this was the clarifying part, and that was that I was never going to be one of the cool kids. And over time, that's worked out just fine. There was a little bit of insularity there. I understand it. Everybody's trying to trying to make their way. And even some of the folks inside that little insular circle were of great kindness to me and great help to me and still are. But I still remember going to one of the readings and sitting down and, and this woman named Ms. Honoré Fano and Jeffers got up there and she read some poetry from this book, The Gospel of Barbecue, and it blew me away. And I just remember thinking to myself, man, someday I want to incorporate at least some line of, of her poetry into something I wrote. And in years past, I carried those lines, especially the lines that I just read to you, I carried those lines in my heart for years and just never quite found the right place. And um, what a pleasure then when I was given the opportunity to write The Jesus Cow and realized, hey, I can sneak these in here sideways and then give her credit in the credit. So what a pleasure that was. Ms. Honoré, um, my, my daughters love her. We actually got to meet her. She came to Wisconsin for a music festival I was part of, and I brought in some writers and poets, and we, we asked Ms. Honoré if she would come, and she did. And 
our, our little family would pick her up in the minivan and take her out to the festival grounds. And man, one night we got to watch her and the musician Phil Cook. There was probably, I don't know, over 10,000 people in the rain under the festival lights. And Phil played the church organ uh, out across the field. And Ms. Honore stood beside him and, and read poetry that was like preaching. It was beautiful. But the point is, I've been, a, I've been, fan is such a chintzy word, but uh, just an admirer and, and, and so grateful for uh, Ms. Honore's work over the years. And she's just kept at it and worked hard and taught and been an example. And then just last week, uh, a lady named Oprah announced that she had chosen Honore's new book, The Love Songs of W.E.B. Du Bois, as the next Oprah book club. And what a joy to have quietly watched someone like Ms. Honore work so, so hard, so long, and then to just quietly from rural Wisconsin be so happy for her when I saw the news. So congratulations to Ms. Honore from our little family. And uh, I've, I've rambled long enough, but uh, The Gospel of Barbecue came out in 2000 and it's worth hunting down for the poetry and then work your way forward. Uh, speaking of which, I'm not going to say goodbye. I'm just going to say what they say where I'm from when it's time to say goodbye, which is, well, I suppose. And now for all of us, and especially Ms. Honore, forward.